0: Welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Upset the Vow series. Now let's join Pastor Tim. Thank you all for being here, everybody that is in uh, the building. I want to thank everybody that is watching us uh, online. Whether you are here or there, you are in the right place. Uh, I do want to give some shout outs to some people that have written in and just given us some encouragement. How many of you all know we all need encouragement for what we're doing? We all need recognition for uh, what we're doing. And so uh, the first shout out uh, is someone that was watching Unpacked that says, well, I must say, I'm not rushing to get uh, to week nine. Uh, Instead, I am soaking it all in by watching the sermons and Unpacked over and over again. Great job, pastor and first lady. You must be a vitamin E person because you would know that no one here calls us pastor and first lady. It is Tim and Juliet. So... You have been updated. Um, uh, a great uh, a pleasure sitting at the table. I am also encouraged to help others. That is absolutely fantastic. Here's the second one. It says, every time I listen to Pastor Tim, Tim is fine, I get a new and fresh revelation. My perception changes and my spirit is uplifted. So much anointing and wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for your resurrection power. Amen. I live today because you conquered death. This is probably one of my favorite sermons. Hey, that's fantastic. See, the preacher, y'all like the preacher. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I realized last week, y'all like the preacher. And even if you didn't, he's staying. So deal with that, okay? I might preach all summer after this series is done. Okay, so... Last one is Unpacked again. This is absolutely refreshing and amazing to see the honesty, love, and transparency from all of you. So, uh, kudos to, uh, Damond and Michelle Forbes and also to Rory and Lynn Rogers because they were on Unpacked this last week sharing their stories of, their stories of how God has helped them in their marriages. So let's give them a hand because Juliet, Juliet and I have been transparent for like six, seven weeks, but last week they were, and it was it was fantastic. Um, so much free, all caps they put, free wisdom uh, and knowledge each week to examine my life and apply to my marriage of soon to be 30 years. Wow. So this is fantastic. This is, This is not a couple that's been married like 30 months, you know what I mean? A couple of years, you know, five years. They've been married 30 years and they're still growing, which I love. We are in a season of being restored from for worse. So they've had their for better season. They're in a season of being sto- restored from for worse, which is amazing. Praising God for this upset the vows series and for unpacking the vows each week. That's absolutely fantastic. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Um, uh, I'm about to go into part seven. Uh, of this upset the vow series if you are a first-time guest um, i'm so grateful you're here i wish i could hug your neck um i think we're going to loosen up on protocols over the summer or late summer going into the fall which i'm excited about but until then um all we're doing is waving and doing sign language to each other so um i do want to say a couple of things before i jump into today uh next the next. Two weeks after this weekend, the next two weeks uh, that I teach, I'm teaching on sexuality next weekend. Uh, and then I'm, te- I'm touching on uh, teaching on sex uh, week number nine. We're ending with sex. I thought I'd leave the best for last. So <laughs> um, uh, so I'm going to teach on sexuality next week. I'm going to teach on sex week nine. Uh, and And I just want to say. Uh, I I am going to be addressing it just straight. I'm not walking on eggshells as it relates to sexuality. I won't be walking on eggshells as it relates to sex. Uh, We need to redeem these two words because God created it for us as the ones he created and as those that believe in him. It's been hijacked by the world to the point that the church doesn't even want to talk about something God made for his people. So I'm taking it back. So I'm going to talk about sexuality and and I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. And if you have an issue with it, be mad. okay? be big mad. All right. But it it won't be because of an opinion. It's going to be because of what I show you in Scripture. And and Scripture is very, very clear. Uh, And then when I talk about sex, I want to talk about sex uh, for married people to start enjoying it again in Jesus name. Okay? Um, uh, uh, and, and, and for those that, that, that have challenges in that area, um, I hope uh, it will be beneficial to you, especially the stuff that uh, Juliet and I unpack. So I just want to let you know that. If you have um, uh, teenagers that you bring to our service and you haven't talked to them about sex yet, uh, I'm going to I'm make it real easy, okay? Now, if you don't want them to hear it, like be like, hey, no, you know what? You're going to have to play Fortnite today. Wow. While... I don't know. I don't know what you do with your teens, but... Uh, Juliet and I had um, our, our sex talk with our boys uh, last year, and it was epic. <laughs> they were scarred for life because they have me as a daddy. Hey, it was great. So um, uh, over the next two weeks, sexuality and sex. What am I talking about next week? Yeah. Say it like you mean it. Sexuality. Great, because you all have one, and then we're talking about what week nine to end the series yes. again, because you all want to have it. So great. <laughs> those are the next two weeks. Okay, this weekend we got to get past this before we get to those. This weekend, um, I got to talk about divorce. This weekend, I need to talk about divorce. <laughs> yeah, y'all. <laughs> y'all like sexuality, sex, divorce. Oh God. <laughs> okay, now, if you're married, this is something that you never want to go through. If you're divorced, I know it's something that you never wanted to go through. There's no one in this room that has uh, escaped the impact of divorce. Whether directly or indirectly, we've all experienced the pain that divorce can cause. So I want to say up front for those that have that have gone through a divorce, this is not a message to shame you, to make you feel guilty, to point a finger at you. I just want to show you the impact on divorce in scripture. If you've gone through a divorce, you can learn from it. If you're going through a divorce, you can grow from it. If, if you're the child of a divorce, you can understand it better, especially understanding that it was not your fault, that your parents' divorce was not your fault. But I, but, but I want to I point to uh, uh, the areas where uh, divorce can impact us. And I have a lot of ground to cover. I got a lot of scripture to read, and so I need you to be patient with me as I Unpack all of this, but I feel like by the end of it, uh, you'll be blessed as a result. Y'all ready? All right. So if you're taking notes on this message, this is week seven of Upset the Vows, and the title of this message is Divorce is an Option. Divorce is an option. Now, I know some of you are like, I don't like this title. The devil is a lie. We ain't getting divorced. You just gave my spouse an idea. No, I didn't. I want to give marriages a reality check. Because here's what I've heard for years and years and years in the church. Divorce is not an option. And guess what? 50% of marriages in the church... End in divorce. So let's stop lying to ourselves. Let's be a church that's honest enough to deal with the facts that the, the, the success rate of marriage in the church is as good as it is outside of the church. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. All this anchoring you have in Jesus, all these devotionals you read, and you still wake up one day and like, you know what? bye in Jesus name bye the Holy Ghost said bye bye God said bye so I I want to address this okay let me just pray because once I start I, I can't stop bow your heads let's pray Holy Spirit help us to stick it out amen Matthew chapter number one, sorry, uh, excuse me. Matthew chapter number 19, verse number one. Matthew 19, verse number one. Here's what it says. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he had just finished teaching, uh, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea, east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him there and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with This question of all the questions you could ask Jesus, he's healing people. He is blessing people. He's minding his own business. The Pharisees get together and go, let's try to trap the dude with a question. And here is their question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Jesus response was, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. That's in red, y'all. Jesus said that. It's not a suggestion It's what Jesus said. Just like some Pharisees. Just like some church folks. Then why did Moses say, can I just stop right here? God just said something. (laughs) And here go the church folks. But my pastor said... (laughs) Don't nobody care about what your pastor said. I just read you what the Bible said. Well, I read, you know, when I was being discipled, they said, hoo, hoo, hoo. it's right there. The Pharisees told the word of God, but Moses said, and not firsthand. <laughs> they read something that was written down from hundreds of years ago and said, Moses said, then why did Moses say in the law that a man could divorce his wife, uh, a, could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not what God had originally intended. You ready for this next few words because it's got some sauce on it I think <laughs> it's not what God had originally intended you ready for it and I tell you this <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something when somebody's really making a point they give you their point and they be like but, but I tell you what <laughs> let me tell you what you ain't gonna do Have you ever see some... when they followed up with this and I, and I tell you this Whoever divorces his wife and, re- and marries someone else commits adultery. Unless his wife has been unfaithful. Drop the mic. Yeah. Now, since you're coming to me, trying to test me, I'm over here healing people, trying to mind my business. This is how you want to come at me. I tell you this. Walking around with this raggedy little note that Moses wrote down. I tell you this. Whoever divorces his wife, since, since some of y'all is contemplating it anyway and want to know if you can find a loophole, I tell you this. Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. Then Jesus' disciples said to him, dang. That's not what it says, but that's the implication. They had to walk that off. They was like, oh God, Lord have mercy. If this is the case, <laughs> it is better not to marry. I mean, if you gonna come this strong, sir, I need to strongly consider how much I like this person. Because okay. you're saying I'm stuck. <laughs> not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said. Only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs. Some have been made eunuchs by others. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. <laughs> I like him a lot. <laughs> the Pharisees come because they, they, they're, they're sick of Jesus's success. They're sick of uh, uh, the, the, the following that he continues to have because everywhere he shows up, peace shows up. Everywhere he shows up, sickness is being healed. Everywhere he shows up, there is, a, there is an understanding of God's love. Everywhere he shows up, where when judgment should show up, salvation does. Where condemnation should show up, conviction does. Where, where, where death should show up, life keeps showing up. So, so, so they're sick and they're like, we got we to try to get him. We got to try to stump him. Let's see. If he can handle our question, these, these, these scholars of, of Hebrew scripture, they, they, let, let's see what he's going to do with this thing on divorce. And as we read, he has some pretty strong things to say about it. And he has strong things to say about it because his father has some strong things to say about it. So there's some bullets that I have uh, for you to write down. Here's the first one. Three words, write it down. God hates divorce. He simply hates it. Now, there's some people in this room that have been divorced. He doesn't hate you. He just hates the fact that it ended the way it did. He hates divorce. Here's what it says in Malachi chapter number two, starting at the 14th verse. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why exclamation mark because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young but you were unfaithful to her you have been unfaithful to her though she remained your faithful partner the wife of your marriage vows then the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit you are his and what does he want godly children from your union so guard your heart Remain loyal to the wife of your youth, for I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's army. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to Your wife, everybody put your hand over your heart like this. Repeat after me. I must must guard guard my heart. heart. I'm going to unpack this a little bit later, but let me say this statement now. Divorce doesn't happen from the outside in. Happens from the inside out. So you have to guard your Heart. why God hates divorce he says when you divorce your spouse and it's not just one way if you divorce your if you divorce your spouse why if you leave your husband you're overwhelming him with cruelty God says himself you're being cruel in that regard which brings me to my second bullet some of y'all are gonna be shocked by this God divorced Israel but he took them back. Now, I'm about to read you something that is so. Ooh. Remember, a marriage between a man and a woman on earth is a type and shadow of Christ and his love for the church. It's also a type and shadow of God and his covenant with Israel. God literally divorced Israel, but he took. Her back. He personifies the relationship in this passage that I'm, that I'm about to read between a husband and a wife. Why, why does he perform, personify it that way? Because that's what marriage on earth really points to a covenant with God in Israel and a covenant with God and the church. So here's what it says in Jeremiah chapter number three, verse number one. I'm telling you, this is some strong stuff coming from God. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> If a man divorces a woman and she goes and marries someone else, he will not take her back again, for that would surely corrupt the land. But you have prostituted yourself with many lovers. So why are you trying to come back to me? (laughs) Look at the shrines on every hilltop. Is there any place you have not defiled? You have not been defiled by your adultery with other gods? You sit like a prostitute beside the road waiting for a customer. If this was 2021, God, he would say, you belong to the streets. Wake up in the morning. Where's your spouse, Lord? Where's committed Israel, the person you've been faithful to, covenant with? In the streets. You sit alone like a nomad in the desert. You have polluted the land with your prostitution and your wickedness. That's why even the spring rains have failed. For you are a brazen prostitute and completely shameless. Yet you say to me, Father... You have been my guide since my youth. Surely you won't be angry forever. Surely you can forget about it. It's what happens when you have a narcissist in the relationship that continues to abuse the grace you give, saying, you ain't going to divorce me. Yeah, I will. Surely you can forget about it. So you talk, but you keep on doing all the evil you can. During the reign of King Josiah, the Lord said to me, have you seen what fickle Israel has done? Like a wife who commits adultery, Israel has worshipped other gods on every hill and under every green tree. Now, you know, this is this is this is just scandalous. When you go from worshipping the true God and you just looking for other stuff to worship. Look, a tree. Oh, you're a great tree. Look, a cow. Oh, you're a holy cow. Look, an ant. Oh, great ant. I thought, after she has done all this, she will will return to me. But she did not return, and her faithless sister Judah saw this. She saw that I divorced faithless Israel because of her adultery, period. I need you to take that in. God divorced Israel. She saw that I divorced faithless Israel because of her adultery. Here's what God says. You commit adultery... I'll divorce you don't think I won't I did (laughs) but that treacherous sister Judah had no fear and now she too has left me and given herself to prostitution Israel treated it all so lightly she thought nothing of committing adultery by worshiping idols made of wood and stone so now the land has been polluted but despite all this Her faithless sister Judah has never sincerely returned to me. She has only pretended to be sorry. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord said to me, even faithless Israel is less guilty than treacherous Judah. Therefore, go and give this message to Israel. This is what the Lord says. Are y'all ready? He divorced Israel. He's about to boot Judah. He said, please go tell. Ooh, I want to talk like I want to talk, but I don't want to offend nobody. Ooh, that's so sad. Please go tell that hoe. Was that too much? I hope that wasn't too much. He doesn't said prostitute, y'all. Y'all like prostitute I can handle, but not hoe. Why did you have to go so low? I just, I just want to get it out like that. Okay, here's the message. Oh, Israel, my faithless people, come home to me again. For I am merciful. I will not be angry with you forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. Admit that you have rebelled against the Lord your God and committed adultery against him by worshiping idols under every green tree. Confess that you refuse to listen to my voice. I, the Lord, have spoken. Let me tell you something. He divorced. And here's the only thing he wants you to admit. That you did it. He was like, I'll take you back if you just admit you were wrong. I'm not divorcing you because I don't love you. I'm divorcing you because I do. I have boundaries. You can't keep abusing me and think I'm going to stay in this relationship. So I'm going to divorce you because I respect myself enough to not let you keep coming home at any time you want to after worshiping other gods, aka sleeping with other people, I will not enable you in your behavior, so I will cut you off. But I cut you off in the hopes that you will come back and admit you were wrong and want to recommit yourself to the vows you made with me. Return home, you wayward children, says the Lord, for I am your master. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, one from this town and two from that family, from wherever you are scattered. I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. God divorced Israel, but he took her back. All she had to do was confess that what she was doing was wrong. Can I just stop and say? The majority of all the divorces that I have walked through, with people is because one person won't admit, my bad. We get to mediation, we get to conflict resolution, it's really, really tense and all we want somebody to do is go, my bad, that was on me, I did it. But they choose to die with the lie. They they choose to go down against all the evidence (laughs) Against all the proof, it's like, I don't, don't no. Nope. Here's what Paul says in First Corinthians chapter number seven. Verse number 10. "But for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord." Of course, Paul. He's the one that said it first. "A wife must not leave her husband, but if she does leave him, let her re- remain single, or else be reconciled to him, and the husband must not leave." His wife. God has an expectation that marriage is forever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever. Forever. Ever, ever. Yes, forever. Until death. Do you part? Now there's two, there are two biblical justifications for divorce two not twenty two <laughs> two ready for them adultery that's what Jesus said J- Jesus speaks to adultery it's the first biblical justification for divorce is adultery if A person steps out of the marriage and is unfaithful to you and you cannot receive them back, even if they repent, even if they say, I'm sorry, God says, I know what that feels like. I won't bind you to that marriage. If you leave, it's fine with me. Now, there's scriptural proof that God's relationship with his people can survive infidelity. So if you ever need hope, that there's infidelity that has creeped into your marriage and and, and one of you have been unfaithful or both of you have been unfaithful, you can be restored and you can celebrate that because God showed you that he could do it. He called his people prostitutes and still took them back, (laughs) okay? So no matter how low it has been in the relationship, If this person has repented and you feel peace about it and you want to go through that rebuilding process, we celebrate that. We have seen marriages survive infidelity, but that's one of the biblical justifications for uh, divorce is adultery, infidelity. Here's the second one, abandonment. And this is what Paul speaks to. Paul speaks to abandonment. Now, there's some nuance in this uh, that I want to address because... Uh, this is a short list: adultery and abandonment. You know it's not on this list. Irreconcilable differences. You know why it's not on that list? Because it's just code for "I can't take this anymore." I'm just tired. So we came up with two big chunky words. Putting together irreconcilable. Is that enough syllables for you, judge? Differences. We just can't reconcile our differences. No, you're lazy and you're prideful. (laughs) You are obstinate. Your heart is hard. You have no character, no integrity, and so you look for the smallest excuse to end something Because you're really running from yourself. Since you don't want to face you, you leave them because they are you outside of you looking back at you. So you ran from you. Abandonment. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 starting at the 12th verse. Here's what it says. Now, I will speak To the rest of you, though, I don't have a direct command from the Lord. If a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage and a believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are Holy. Now, before I go to the next verse, this speaks to uh, somebody that has given their life to Jesus, and their spouse has not given their life to Jesus. Uh, uh, this usually has happened after they have been married. One a spouse comes to believe in God, and the other one does not. Uh, sometimes uh, you'll have somebody who is saved, and they meet somebody, and they, they fall in love, and the person's not saved, and they feel like by by marrying them, they they will become a believer. That's not evangelism. Um, that's not the kind of mission field you want to be on. <laughs> the Lord has called me to this nation to marry all the people <laughs> so that they might be saved. Don't do that. OK, so uh, uh, usually this is a configuration where someone comes to the Lord and they're, and, and they're married and the spouse has not. And here's what Paul is saying. If they're cool with you being a believer and they're, and they're not giving you any heck, heck about it, hell about it. Stay with them. Then, parenthetically, it says this But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. So, here's what he says If the unbelieving person is like, You gave your life to Jesus, I can't take it, I'm leaving. Here's what Paul says let them go. It's okay. They've abandoned the relationship because of, the, of a decision that you've made to follow Jesus. And if they go, it's okay. We want you, the believing person, to be at peace. Well, Tim, we, we see a lot of, we, we've seen a lot of uh, 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 couples who both declare that Jesus is Lord and one person abandons the relationship. What about that person? I'm about to say something. Ooh, let me just slide it out here to you. It's going to sound harsh. I question they believe in Jesus. Well, they were both believers, but one just walked out on the relationship. I question they actually believe in Jesus. Because if the husband and the wife are a type and shadow of Christ's love for his bride, then what that person would have to believe is that Jesus believed them. So, so you, you, you can't have a, a, a sound theology in scripture and both of you are married and one abandons their relationship and still thinks they're in covenant with God. I actually believe that they don't believe in the scriptures because what they're saying is I can leave this relationship because I believe God will leave me. He'll abandon me. When he's already said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So with all that out of the way, I have three warnings for you. Okay. These ain't points, y'all. These are warnings. Warning. 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 Why am I giving you these warnings? Because I don't want y'all to get divorced. You need to be warned (laughs) that this could happen to you if you are not careful. I don't believe anyone has ever exchanged vows at the altar thinking to themselves, this is such a beautiful day. I can't wait till I leave you. (laughs) You look so handsome. But I already know like in nine years or so, I'm just going to not be feeling you. So let's just make sure we take really good pictures. (laughs) Uh, And let's enjoy this honeymoon. Uh, Because I'm a chunk deuces. Uh, My pain is so immense that I'm not going to be able to stay with you. But I want the memory. I don't believe anybody goes to the altar thinking they're going to be divorce in the same way i don't think a pastor doesn't start a church to mess it up and become a public scandal i just don't believe no one gets into this for the wrong reasons but if you're not warned if everything is like the lord is just oh the lord everything's just great heaven's just open to you he just loves you so much He's just going to forgive you for everything. He's just going to love you through everything. Don't, warning! We don't give warnings in the church no more because we think, oh, well, you don't want the people to feel bad. What, what do you think this is? <laughs> Could you imagine going to the gym, having a personal trainer, and you've been with them for six months, they still got you on five pounds. <laughs> I just want you to, I don't want you to be in pain. Leg day, six months, y'all just, oh, this is, why is this so easy? But I still don't have any, I'm still not toned yet. How come I don't have any muscle definition? I thought, well, you know, I didn't want to put too much weight on you because, you know, I I didn't want you to be in pain. A pain-free church is a church that lacks definition. I'm telling you right now, this ain't that church. If you want a church where you're going to feel good every Sunday and the word is just going to be uplifting and it's never going to challenge you, I can recommend five to you. Or <laughs> well, you can just go in there and just, <laughs> this is amazing. I love being a Christian. No obligation at all. <laughs> this ain't that. Three warnings. Y'all ready? Point number one. Please write this down. Don't split apart. Don't do it. Do not do it. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter number 19, verse number six. Since they are no longer two but one, let, what does it say? Let, Let. No one. Let. No one. Including you. Before we start thinking, this girl's trying to make a move on my man. This guy's trying to flirt with my wife. Let no one split apart what God has joined together, including you. Don't you do it. Yeah, yeah, be careful. Make sure, you know, there's no crazy stuff going on outside of the marriage, but don't you be the one that splits you apart. Don't you be the one That keeps instigating. Don't you be the one that keeps saying the word for every inconvenient thing happening in the marriage. Communication's off. You know what? This is not work. We should just get a divorce. I just misunderstood you. (laughs) What are you running from? We already gave you the list. It's adultery and abandonment. Not lack of communication. Not misunderstanding. Not not your 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 kinfolk. <laughs> not your mama. Oh. Not your daddy. Not your cousins. Not your girlfriends. The, the list is pretty short. Adultery and abandonment. The disciples is like that. Oh, we might as well not even. <laughs> Listen. I- man I was looking at somebody too but after you I'm straight man I'm gonna just pray you know hard and just be alright by myself Peter was married Paul never was married Paul must have heard this from the original disciples and was like bruh he even wrote it he wrote it in 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 it is better that y'all would just be single like me So all the single ladies, all the single ladies, some of y'all just need to stay single. Y'all didn't like that at all. Oh, Jesus, no. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the fact that this is serious. Outside of adultery and abandonment, here's what he says. Go figure it out. Stop being babies. Grow up. Mature. Pray about it. Go to counseling. Figure it out. I'm just inconvenienced it's just so hard I'm just telling you if I was a personal trainer and you came in and I'm like alright man it's, it, it's been it's been six weeks we gotta go to 25 pounds I mean oh man I just can't stay at 10 I mean just my tricep man it burns and, but you said you wanted the horseshoe in your arm man I want that thing when you can you, can you get me that Yes, what do I have to do? You have to go through pain. (laughs) You have to be consistent. You have to do reps. You got to do it over and over again consistently until something changes. You can't try to talk nice to each other twice and be like, we tried. Just didn't work. It's ridiculous. Don't split apart. Second warning. Don't let your heart get hard. (sighs) Don't let your heart get hard. When I was praying about this point, the Holy Spirit, who's a genius, he's the best preacher I've ever heard in my entire life. Whatever you think you've heard from anybody pales in comparison to the one whispering the stuff to the people that preach. He's the best preacher I've ever heard. Here's what he said. He said, Tim, do you know what would happen to cement if you stop mixing it? It It's hard. The only thing you need to do to cement for it to harden, stop mixing it. How does a heart get hard? You stop mixing in love. You stop mixing in forgiveness. You stop mixing in patience. You stop mixing in the washing underwater water of the word. You stop mixing in devotion time. You stop mixing in long suffering. You stop mixing in self-control. You know what happens to a heart that completely disconnects? Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You stop mixing in accountability. You stop mixing in confession. You stop mixing in repentance. I'm not going to apologize. They did it. If they say it, I'll say it. (laughs) You want a heart to go hard quick? Stop mixing in the fruit of the spirit. See what happens to it. Don't let your heart get hard, y'all. Because if it gets hard, it will take a jackhammer to break it. Juliet and I have sat with people and, 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 and they're going through crisis, and, and we're sitting there, and, and, and we're hearing them talking. It's always one spouse that's like, I'll do anything. And the other spouse is like, nope. I already tried it. You told me to do that last time. I did it. Didn't work. No patience. No perseverance. Just, and you can, we can just, we, we're watching, their heart is just getting hard right in front of us. To the point where we go, they're not going to make it. We might as well start preparing the spouse that is willing to do anything right now for reality. This is not going to work. This person's heart has gotten hard. Here's what what Jesus said. If you want to know why Moses made this concession, it's because your hearts are hard. Do you know there was a train of thought amongst Jewish rabbis that said that you could divorce your wife if you didn't like the way your meal was prepared? Written decree of divorce. Why? I don't like the way she cooks. (laughs) This was in the, some Jewish rabbis were were feeding this to, to their disciples. That's why they came to Jesus. He said, no, he did this as a concession to your heart. This is not because this is the way it's supposed to be. So don't let your heart get hard. Keep mixing in the things that you're supposed to. I'm telling you, if you're in a, tough situation right now, you need a third party. You've cannot. you already tried to talk on your... Every time y'all talk, it ends in an argument, so stop trying to do it yourself. You need to go to counseling. You need a third party mediating between you because that third party is calm, cool, and collected. They are not in your relationship. And they can be the ones to interpret. Oh, no, all she really means is this. And she's like, that's exactly what I was trying to say. (laughs) You're like, yeah, girl, but every time you say it, you say it like... You keep grabbing stuff out the sky, <laughs> clapping. Your husband just shuts down. <laughs> hey, young lady, all he was trying to say is this. And he's like, that's exactly what I was trying to say. And it was like, yeah, dude, but you never actually said that. <laughs> Until we got to counseling. <laughs> he won't talk. He won't talk. And then, don't let your heart get hurt which brings me to point number three get god's help sounds like a no duh warning right <laughs> like i can't believe you even had to tell us this tim but but, but scripture says that jesus actually said this matthew chapter number 19 verse number 11 here's what it says not everyone can accept this statement jesus said only those whom god helps you know who god's help you know who god helps those that ask for help you in a bad spot in your marriage, you better throw up your hand and say, help me, Lord. Yes, Lord. He's like, sweet, I will help you. But all this, I'm going to do it on my own. I got this figured out. I don't need no help. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me, can I just address, uh, mm, mm-hmm. okay. Um, uh, I, I want to confront the spirit of pride in the room that says, I don't want nobody in my business. Mm-hmm. You're trying to save face. Well, I don't I don't want to go to a counselor because I don't want nobody in my business. I, I don't you're trying to thank you. Oh, I hear this. You're trying to keep an image. But that's one of the things you need to be divorced from. <laughs> is your image of yourself. 90% of all the people that would say, I want a divorce but lack the two things that are on the list. Here's the truth. You do need a divorce from from the version of the relationship you've established, not from each other. The majority of people don't need a divorce from each other. You need a divorce from the expectations you had when you walked down the aisle. You don't need a divorce from each other. You need a divorce from your bad habits that keep Problematic, problematic issues going over and recurring over and over again. You, the majority of people don't need a divorce from each other. You need a divorce from the stuff that keeps you from being connected. So, divorce is an option. But it is an incredibly limited option. And if I don't warn you, Embassy City will have a 50% rate, just like the world. But you know what happens when you give warnings? The majority of the people take heed. How many people have you heard that have died because of drinking Drano? Not many. Because there's a warning label. And people are like, it looks like this to kill you. (laughs) So we probably shouldn't do it. Why do we have nicotine patches outselling cigarettes? Because the warning label on cigarettes now got people with trachs. Got to see pictures of people with holes in their throat. They're like, you know, I don't want to. I probably shouldn't want to look like this. Maybe I should try to kick this habit. Warning. Don't split apart. Warning. Don't let your heart get hard. Warning. Get God's help. Divorce is an option. But it should not become normalcy. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I need to ask a question. Um, Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. This question I want to ask, if you're married, how many people were close to divorce? You've been close to divorce. Not saying you were now, but you've been close to divorce. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I do believe this teaching is going to help. I know it's a tough teaching, hard hit teaching to hear. But we need to hear it. You may be watching us uh, online. And this may have stirred up a lot of emotion for you. I just want you to know, take take some good, deep, cleansing breaths. There's no fear and anxiety. There was only grace and truth. And in the grace and truth of this moment, let's point to a real issue in the church that pertains to divorce. We don't have to be on par with the world in this area, but we need to be warned. We need to be educated in scripture about what God says about it. And so whether you are here in overflow, whether you are there, I just want to pray over your marriages. If you're not married, I want want you to think about someone you know that's married. Let's believe God for a thriving marriage that can handle for better and for worse, that can handle for rich or for poor, that can handle in sickness and in health and that make the commitment of till death do us part before i pray there might be somebody here that has never given their life to jesus whether you're in here in overflow or watching online i'm telling you god wants to have a relationship with you and it doesn't matter how bad you've been <laughs> it doesn't matter what you've done he will take you back if you would simply confess your love from him, your love for him, and change the mind, change your mind about the way you think. That's what repentance is. It means to change your mind. So, Holy Spirit, I pray for every marriage that is in this room, watching us online, I pray, Lord God, that you would divorce-proof our relationships that this word would never be a reality that we face. God, I pray for those that have been divorced, They've, they've gone through a divorce, and I pray that you would heal their hearts, that you would restore them so that when they remarry, it would be forever. God, whether they were the ones whose hearts were hardened Or whether they had to endure the hardened heart. I pray that you would keep their soft. That if they get into a relationship, Lord God, that leads to marriage, that they would be at peace with your plan for their lives. Lord God, I pray for any and everybody who's open to give their life to Jesus today. (laughs) And I pray, Lord God, that they would be restored in the same way a man is to a woman after a breach in their relationship. We know that sin breached our relationship with you, God. But we're coming back to you right now. And we confess that we have been wrong, you have been right, and we want a relationship with you. We believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. We change our mind about the way we think. God, for everybody that says yes and amen to that, I pray that as heaven throws their party for their soul, that you would be present with them and Holy Spirit, you would fill them for the relationship you want to have with them. God, as we leave this place, we seal everything we have discussed in prayer. God, I pray that marriages are strengthened even more after this weekend. Holy Spirit, do work that no man can take credit for, that no counselor can take credit for, that no therapist can take credit for. Restore us, uplift us, and may our marriages be stronger than ever. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody that loved them said amen. 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 God bless you guys. Love you. Thank you for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash embassycitychurch. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you had a great week. Thanks for listening today.